You're listening to Real Crime, the Movie Sleuth Podcast. All right. Big yeah. night tonight. Big 98. night. 98. Episode 98. If you guys don't know, Real Crime is available everywhere. We just had a kind of a conversation roughly about this before we went on the air. But Real Crime is available everywhere. You can get us on Facebook. You can get us on YouTube. You can get us on Podbean. We're not even on fucking Spotify. We're on Spotify. We're no on shit. we're on the, the, app, the app marketplace. We're, yeah, yeah. we're everywhere. Uh, iTunes. So, wow. you know, you have a lot of options here to listen to this wonderful show that we do here. Um, it's, it's, it's a different night tonight. We got a big night. We're really excited about this show. The ghost of Chris is here tonight. The ghost of Chris is, has returned. Yes. Kinda. Yes. Trev's in the house. Uh, you're actually in the captain's chair tonight. I am. Uh, scary, scary, scary time. Lovely Michelle's in the corner. Hello. And sweet. Nobody puts Michelle in a corner. But yeah. they did. Uh. <laughs> Been doing it for like two years now. <laughs> Mr. Chris is also in the house. Hello, Chris. And of hey. course, we have Scott. Yes. Hi. That's yeah. Chris Jordan. Chris Jordan, yeah. yeah, yeah. The ghost of Chris is the Chris George. Yeah, yeah. We're going to really confuse everyone tonight, I promise, at least twice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> at least <laughs> So, yeah, um, you can get us anywhere you want, basically. You know, it's funny because I, me- I wanted to mention that because I, I noticed the, uh, the Spotify thing last week when we were doing the show. Okay. And I actually went on Spotify mm-hmm. and, like, listened to our – I'm like, wow, this is kind of rad. Like, my stupid huh. – it's one of the rare times I actually listened to – Yourself, my on stupid, Spotify. fucking <laughs> lame, lisping, ridiculous voice. Uh, but it sounded really good. But you good. only lisp when you're really excited, so it's, it's it works out. Is okay. that how that works? It's not, it's but he's always really yeah. excited. I know. It's great, <laughs> isn't drunk, it? Drunk, <laughs> I've had a lot of whiskey to drink. <laughs> we know how excited you are about tonight's episode. I, I, yeah, I am pretty. Uh, this is going to be pretty, pretty, pretty awesome. I can't wait to get to it. There's yeah. a lot of stuff to get to before that. There though. is. There is. We got to talk about our sponsors. Oh my oh, god! Yeah. yeah. Let go, Trevor. So we got Flint. We got the Flint Museum. Oh my god! Yeah. I mean, I'm my my girl and I are planning on going up there this weekend, so I are finally you? get to go check it out. Oh, yeah. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Great place. They keep they keep moving around what their exhibits are. Yeah, it's almost never the same experience twice. Yeah, pretty awesome. We keep flying the real crime drone over there to keep an eye on things. <laughs> we um, do. So we're we're keeping up on them. They're keeping up on us. Uh, Flint Institute of Arts. Don't forget those guys. They are awesome. They are. Then we're gonna move on. I'm gonna skip one right now. Okay. We're gonna move on to projectorscreen.com. If you guys don't know what it is, look. This mm-hmm. stuff is amazing. Mm-hmm. There's more than projector screens. There is. Really? What is there, Michelle? Mm-hmm. Other stuff? Stuff. Like what? Like projectors. Like and screens. Uh, screens. And- <laughs> <laughs> projector screens. Yeah, we take ourselves seriously. Um and then we have big news. I talked to the guys at Sellerman's on Saturday. Oh, really? And they wanted me to let everybody know Mm -hmm. that on the 17th, they are having their third anniversary party. I saw that. So, yeah, big deal. They're wanting everybody out there. Um, What night is that? Is that? That isn't Tuesday night, is it? I don't know. That's Wednesday, Wednesday night. It's a Wednesday night, yeah. Oh, I'm going to have to shoot down there to band practice. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I might have to go to, to Uber it over there. They're also having a very big Halloween party there on the 31st. Yep. Um, so if, if you need something to do, um, someplace kind of local to you, Sellerman's and Hazel Park, man, don't don't forget those guys. Oh, man, place. I got to try their new Moscow Mule. Oh, my God. Oh. It's a die oh, for. Oh. Yeah, oh. It's so good. Um yeah. 
I've, I'm still a big fan. I and they brought this the first time that um, Jeff and Dom stopped by. They had the uh, the, the the coffee. The, the, oh my god! What no, was it? Raspberry coffee? No, no. It was. Oh my god! What am I, how can I forget this? The coffee pineapple pineapple coffee. Oh, that's what it I think, is. I'm stupid. I'm totally forgetting things. It's it's brilliant. It's so good. That's um, that's an interesting. Yeah. I would not have thought that that would be but a they good had, combination. Their stouts are amazing. When we were there, my my band played there uh, not too long ago, and we were having they were giving us a few beers before the show, and we were all chatting, and they, and I had one of their summer stouts, and he's like, check this out. He's like, a real stout. He took a flat one of them little mini flashlights yeah. and put it on the bottom. Oh the yeah, to show like, you that light doesn't stout, shine through a stout. Yeah, light don't light isn't it's if like it, a black it, hole. Whoa. Yeah, he, it is. It is. <laughs> it defies it defies light. That so, does it absorbs awesome. it. He's like a real stout doesn't let light come through. Yep. That's the rule. Guys, these guys don't fuck around. It's the real deal. Irish breakfast. Oh my god, dude. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Don't. So if you haven't been to Sellermans, there's something wrong with you. Yeah, we just absolutely. sound like a bunch of drunks in the best kind of way. We're like. Oh, yeah. A little bit. And what's good. funny is that one of us is actually a teetotaler, so that makes it even funnier. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a, it's a great place. Check out Sellerman's if you haven't been there. And, yeah, the 17th is their three-year their three year anniversary. And, yeah, don't forget the, the big-ass big Halloween party is going to be happening yep. there. And we're yep. going to be there for both those. It's going to be awesome. Absolutely. Now we're going to move on to news. News, news. News. Got the uh, Jared Leto Morbius movie is going to be starting production in February 2019. Mm. Morbius the Living Vampire. Hmm. Kind of enemy of Spider-Man, kind of not. In the <sighs> Spider-Man adjacent universe? In the Spider-Man adjacent universe, exactly. He, the funniest part about that character is that he was literally created because the comics code said, you can't say vampire. Vampires are bad. And so they went, fine, he's not a real vampire. He's a living vampire that sucks through his hands. <laughs> you know? Huh. In general, he just kind of sucks all over. But anyways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Don't judge his life. Don't, don't I, kick I'm not it. judging his life. Sucks all over town. <laughs> he, 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 yeah. He, he is a professional <laughs> sex worker. Um, <laughs> well, that'll be an interesting movie. It might be. And then we have Paz Vega has joined Rambo 5. So Ooh, that one's going to be kind of interesting. Apparently yeah. she is playing the the sister of the new of, of this episode's uh victim that's going to be kidnapped by the cartel and she's the one who goes to John Rambo on the horse. On, hopefully. Hopefully. <laughs> with the, with the hat. Because he's got the cowboy gear rocking at this time, so there has to be some horses in this thing. Totally backed. <laughs> totally fucking back, man. Can't wait. <clears throat> and then we have big news from DC. James Gunn, it sounds like, might be taking over Suicide so, yeah, Squad. I saw that today. Huh. And the best news about the whole thing is that it's sounding like they are totally dumping Suicide Squad 1. That this is going to have nothing to do with it. Thank it's not God. going to be a sequel. They're giving James Gunn the reins for the script, for everything, and letting him run with it if he takes the job. I can't help but see the irony of James Gunn directing The Suicide Squad, which was meant to be DC's answer to Guardians of the Galaxy, kind of. Kind of, yeah. Like yeah. a you know, huh. like a weird, like a weird, bizarre ensemble, like you know, movie. So now they're probably like, why, why don't we just get the guy that's actually good at film Doing making these that? movies? Yeah, yeah, make it. Yeah, I mean, let's get the be- the guy who's the be- proven he's the best team yeah. movie guy yeah. out there, and let him do it. 
So is it going to be like the same cast? Or don't know. Just... We don't know for sure yet. And we don't know for sure yet. With him, huh. the odds of him saying we're going to mess with the, the the crew of Suicide Squad is seems to me like it would be pretty high. He doesn't seem to be one of those guys that likes other people's playgrounds. So... Yeah. yeah, I'm curious how that's going to go with DC, though, given that they can't seem to stop themselves from just, like, terrible From putting Joker and everything. And everything. Yeah. <laughs> I wish they would have let him make a Justice League Dark. Him on Justice League Dark would be phenomenal. That would have been cool. That's Except the same for, kind of, I, I, I want something where he gets to play with his humor a little yeah. bit more, though. So I think hmm. Suicide Squad, especially if they go with the Gail Simone run yeah. on it as the inspiration, they could do some really good stuff with it. And then we have Michael Shannon is in talks to be in Rianne Johnson's Knives Out with, um, great, James Bond. Okay. What's his name? Daniel oh. Craig. Daniel Craig. Um, yeah. The, it, it's, it's sounding like it might be pretty spectacular. I know they just shot, or they just shopped it out at the uh, Vancouver Film Festival for, Toronto. for right, Toronto. Toronto Film Festival mm-hmm. for rights. Chris uh, the ghost of Chris has spoken again. <laughs> and then it's just a floating cell phone over here. We don't see anybody holding it, but there's just this, this, this smartphone floating around in the air. And then we just hear these <laughs> random answers to things coming out. What the part that keep, keeps freaking me out is this the random floating hard on around, floating around the room. And that's the only that's the only appendage you see on Chris's ghostly body. Thank God. This is his wiener. His wiener is transdimensional. <laughs> transdimensional wiener. Transdimensional. Ladies and gentlemen, we have our new band. Yes. Transdimensional <laughs> wiener. Yeah, it sounds like a punk band name. It transdimensional wiener. That's yeah, it. Yeah. That's it. And Are then, you ready to rock? Go. Go, 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 go. <laughs> then we have new releases. We have First Man, which I know Michelle got to see. I did see it. And loved, if I remember correctly. I did love it. All it right. was it's uh it's not a, like uh his other work actually uh it was I'm I'm always like I'm kind of impressed with I can I can never say his name right but uh, Damien Chazelle Damien Chazelle his range is pretty good yes yeah like Whiplash and La La Land could not be more different yeah from and each then other. this movie is like completely different from those movies so yeah one of those two movies that you mentioned I liked so. Was it Whiplash? It was Whiplash. Whiplash, Whiplash is yeah. incredible. Yeah. Whiplash yeah. blew is my amazing. fucking mind. Yeah. Oh my yeah. god! Yeah. Then we have Goosebumps, which Part two. two? Oh, I didn't realize Goosebumps two was coming out. I haven't seen anything for it, so yay! And Bad Times at the El Royale, which looks. I've seen a lot of promo for that. So fun! And even and did any of you guys get to be the the press people for those? Uh, I thought that? somebody was taking a screening for that. Oh, Mike, did he go see it? Right. Oh, Mr. Oh, Steck thought? took it. Okay. All right, yeah. Well, Mike, thanks for not being here, Dick. The Ouija board, <laughs> the, the Ouija board channeling ghost. Chris said yes, yes, yes. His dong pointed at yes. <laughs> <laughs> his, his dong moved the planchette. <laughs> his ghost dong. <laughs> and now we're going to go on to suggestions. Oh. And we're going to start with Michelle. I'm actually yeah. going to go last. All right. Um, I'm going to suggest, uh, since it's, you know, horror season, I saw Terrifier finally because it was on Netflix. And I was actually pleasantly surprised by how good it was. Like, you know, it, it, 
that the writing and the acting wasn't good. So this is going to sound really weird because you're gonna be like, well, that means it's a bad movie. But, you know, for a slasher, it, I mean, the stories, you know, it, it works just good enough. Um, but the gore in it and Art the Clown is fantastic. Oh, my God. Art the Clown is the scariest looking design of a my clown. My only complaint about Art the Clown is the black around his That's mouth. That's the best part. That's it my cool. only complaint is I think they could have done something more with it, though. It looks really, he's like really uh, very charismatic, like scary character. And the gore is almost torture porn level. Like there is a it kill is? in this movie that I've, that's like top 10 kill I've ever seen. Which like, one? Wow. Oh, I don't want to like spoil it oh, for anybody no, that hasn't no. seen it. Terrifier. 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 It's on Netflix. Yeah, I know. Um, I've been meaning to watch it. Killer it's Clown. Like, yeah. yeah. It's got a retro mm. feel to it, too. It does. It's fan it, of 80s movies. It was really funny to me because everybody kept saying it has this 80s feel, but it's it's almost torture porn. Yeah. And Rise I'm like, well, those are two things that actually don't go together. Yeah. yeah. But then you watch it and it goes together. Mm. It was like peanut butter and pickles. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody gets it. All right. No, I get it. Okay. All right. What the hell's Chris, going on? Mr. Jordan, it's you. <laughs> okay. I don't know. Well, I mean, it isn't it isn't horror related, but I just had to You're fired. Uh the Doctor <laughs> Who premiere. Oh from, I know. Oh, oh, oh. Uh, <laughs> I had oh. almost wondered if it was gonna be yours too. But yeah, that's uh it was really, really good. I That was mine. I of course. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, we should have discussed this beforehand. This yeah, happens I, every time. Like, somebody takes somebody else's recommendation. Yeah. Yeah. Steamroll. Like, Lately, it's been me. I, like, I've been you losing motherfucker. it. Yeah, new, new Doctor Who premiere. It was awesome. Yeah. Jodie oh Whittaker my God, killed she it. Great. She was so good. Like, really very much her own portrayal. Mm-hmm. Definitely using the freedom of being the first woman to play mm-hmm. the role, but also channeling a lot of... Like little behavioral Especially things Tenet of past doctors, yeah. Like I little saw bit, a lot of that. Little bit of Peter Davison in there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, a like, lot of Peter Davison. Yeah. Like enough, like to give you like a through line that, like, yes, this is the same character, but mm-hmm. really bold portrayal. Really fun first episode. You know what I loved? They could have gotten seriously heavy-handed with it and been like, "Oh, look, I have boobs," or whatever. And instead, they went with the light touch, and somebody called, like, it's referenced once in the entire episode that it's a woman now. Mm -hmm. And it was blown off, like, oh, okay, move on. And I couldn't have been happier. It was handled really well. Even the villain was was interesting. Yeah, the villain was interesting. There was definitely a little bit of it being a sort of very 2018 kind of, like, Trumpy villain, where it's this asshole military guy who's cheating to get the position that he wants in government. I I wasn't looking uh, at it like that. I, I was looking at it. I as, saw that as, as, as predator. As predator. Oh, it was. Oh, it totally was predator. Yeah, yeah it was I mean, down to trophy pre- collecting yeah. and everything. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and it was just, just that like little twist. Yep. Yeah, yep, but no, I, it was handled awesomely. I'm still. I'm. A little nervous about Chris Chibnall because when he's on his game, he can be really good, and when he's not, he can be on the meh. upside. He's only the showrunner. I know that sounds weird, yeah. but we know he's not writing all the scripts. Yes, you know. Yeah, I think he can steer the and ship well. I, it sounds like they might have a Neil Gaiman se- episode this season. Ooh. And of course, there's remember a couple of years ago when they teased that whole thing about how Peter Jackson's directing one of the big episodes. Mm-hmm. And then that just has yet to happen. Yes. I'm hoping this might be the season. With the guest stars that that they've announced, yeah. I'm it might be this year. Ooh. I All hope right. So. We're moving on to Scott. 
this is going to be really weird. Well, not weird, because you guys have already done a whole show on this movie. Which I one? finally got a chance to see oh, Mandy. God. Finally got a chance to sit down and watch Mandy. Oh, Mandy. Yeah, Mandy. Yeah. Um, and um, it's what I mean. I was I was drawn to that because I had so many people say, "Dude, you really Scott, you really need to see this." Like you specifically. Yeah, I was and I think of you were one of the people that you need to see this, Scott. You really this was right up your alley. Um, while you know I, I've said this before, I got a weaker stomach these days. It's hard for me to deal with stuff just any any type of like to this terrifier movie mm-hmm. um i want to see it but i'm kind of like I, i'm gonna see it because it's just easy it'll be easy to see it's on netflix yeah um uh, but I'm, I'm i'm a little apprehensive because i'm just i'm getting harder and harder it's getting harder and harder for me to deal with stuff i don't know it's yeah some it's like violence yeah it's something that's starting to really bother me um but mandy holy fuck man who Anyway, I'm, and there's no need for me to really dive into any type of stuff on this because you guys, I, I well, I they didn't did listen, a show on it. Sorry, I didn't listen to the show. I should have listened to that because I wasn't here. But, uh, <laughs> um, but I loved it, um, even down to the actual logo of the film. Yes, like a death metal logo, I a know, death metal band. Cool. I was like, dude, that's crazy. Um, just you know, uh, and I forgot the director's name. I, I was reading this stuff the other day. Um, uh, but that movie has the same feel as his previous film. Oh, Panos Cosmatos. Yeah, Pan- thank you very much. Uh, oh my God, now I'm forgetting everything. Cosmos? Beyond the Black Rainbow. Thank you very very much. Um, same feel, same colors. Yeah. I mean, very much. But yeah, what a fuck story. They could almost be sister films, actually. They like... really they 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 feel that way. Yeah. Uh, and I love them both very much. Um, just the story itself, without getting into any type of spoilers or anything anything like that. The story was really, you know, the, how these how this whole thing came to happen mm-hmm. really kind of blew my mind. It's very fantastical. It's ridiculous if you think about it. Um, but the idea of it, I was like, wow, that holy crap. You know? It's my favorite movie of the year so far. She's really calm when I it, when, when the, the tiger that was the scene, which I can say that that line really got yeah. me where, the, you know, he's sitting there, you know, doing what he's doing and. You know, when she's calm, I know it's good. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love that line, yeah. you know. And when if you haven't seen it and you see it, you know what I'm talking about. Well, now uh, you can listen to the podcast we did on it because we were so it was Spoiler City. So, oh, was like, it? It was a good thing you didn't listen before you watched okay. it. Okay, yeah, love that movie though. Really enjoyed it, um, and it's definitely something I'm going to buy when it you know when it does come out mm-hmm. physically. It's a great. It's flip. coming out, I think, soon. Is like, it maybe next week or the week after? Actually, like, Nicholas Cage really knocked it out yeah. of the ballpark. Um, you know, and it, it was a it was a role he was born for. Mm-hmm. I mean, he just he nailed it. You know, and and it showed. I th- I mean, I thought that movie really showed his range too, um, how he starts and how you know how what he becomes. Yep. Uh, like any story, uh, but he really could work with both those both yeah. those roles. It's like I the thought. perfect amount of sub of subtle cage and crazy cage. Yeah, yeah. And like it shows that like yeah, he, the man has a range, you know, mm-hmm. he's not just mm-hmm. crazy all the time like he's an yeah. actor, you know. Yeah. He, yeah. They, they actually he's like He's a really good him. actor. Like yes. he's really yeah. really fantastic. Like, it's the it, first movie it that always wasn't annoys using me when people him, make fun of him. You know? Yeah, and I'm like, have you actually watched his movies? Yeah, put him in the right role, and he's great. Raising it's just Arizona, that he, like, raising yeah. Arizona. Yeah, yeah. We actually talked about that on the podcast. How uh, he's typecast to play this certain kind of character yeah. now. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. He's better. Well, th- not want to say better than that, but he's more versatile than that. He is incredibly versatile. Well, unfortunately, you know, I, even on a personal level with him, like outside of films, mm-hmm. he's he's a bit eccentric. You know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, just, all yeah. you gotta do is watch the watch the Vince Neil video with him. That was uh, that was some pretty wild stuff. Um, 
And you know, it was so funny if you've seen that video where, uh, very brief, uh, that somebody some TMZ bullshit. Uh, they caught Vince Neil apparently put his hands on a woman, did something really stupid, and the video was basically Nicolas Cage, who God knows where he came from, but he's trying to calm down Vince Neil, and he's like, you know, literally, he's like, stop it, Neil, stop it, calm down. It's like the Nicolas, like <laughs> yeah. he wasn't fucking acting. No, <laughs> you know no, I mean? it's just Nicolas Cage. It was just Nicolas Cage. Yeah. So. Yeah, I mean, totally nailed that flick. I loved it. So yeah, thanks for pushing me, especially you, Michelle. You were the one like you really need you need to watch this film, Scott. I was so. like, I'm gonna be annoying about it till he watches it. <laughs> she, she was. A, you were annoying with me about it for a while, and then you figured out. Wait, he might not care about this. Dude, I was like so in love with that movie. For like, I just wanted to, to stop people in the street. Like, have you seen Mandy? They're My like, only problem. They're with like, the we're movie, gonna call the police, ma'am. You need and to this leave. Will, hopefully, <laughs> hopefully, make you guys laugh. Is every time I hear the damn name, I want to sing Barry Manilow songs. Oh God! So well, every time I posted about it, somebody would post that Barry Manilow song in the comments. That was, <laughs> of course, that Came was up. me. A lot of people did it though. Like it was, it was yeah. like a thing. I was like, I've seen this. <laughs> <laughs> Great flick though, Trevor. Um, I am. I'm going to go with something I've actually been wanting to do for a while on the show. Um, Evil Genius. It's mm-hmm. a, a, a docu-series on Netflix mm-hmm. about the woman that I told you guys about that ended up being a cannibal and all that kind of sh- shit. Okay. Uh, can- cannibal serial killer in the Upper Peninsula. And it all started off with her convincing a boy, a guy that was a pizza delivery dude to strap a bomb onto his body and rob a bank. I for remember that dude. That is where... All of this stuff came from, all of a sudden they start realizing all of these exes that are no more and no one knows where they are. Oh my God. Um, After the the dude at the bomb, her partner actually said, well, you know, she kind of killed her boyfriend and he's in my ice chest. Oh my God. Yeah. And it escalated from there this one this series just covers the bombing and the boyfriend in the ice chest okay but it is spectacular apparently they're working on a second season as now it has turned out that one of her previous boyfriends she had chopped up into little pieces and served at a barbecue for her local church dang Whoa. oh come on seriously that's so. why I'm like, fuck potlucks, man. <laughs> fuck potlucks. It's like one out of potlucks. ten is like humans. Yeah. <laughs> Scott, Start try the chili. <laughs> oh, shit. It's made from chili. Scott Tenerman's parents. <laughs> yeah, Scott Tenerman's parents. <laughs> oh, the tears, the sweet tears. All right, guys. We, we should move on to our yeah. main topic for the night. The yes. All right. Oh, the I have course. such sights to show you. Yes, yes. Um, I wonder what films we could possibly be talking I about. I can't imagine. Evening. We're going to cover the Hellraiser series. I hope we can get through... At least through Hell World. Uh, uh, bare minimum for me, I'm hoping we get through five. Okay. Yeah. I'm not I'm not really too worried about revelations or judgment. Nobody, yeah. nobody was. I feel I like eventually <laughs> it'll just like, we can Peter just touch. Uh, journalistically, like journalistically, it's a dick move, but. Um, we could just say care. they happened. Well, yeah. <laughs> well, we can say that right now. They happened. Okay, let's, right, so let's start. Let's, There's two movies down. Do we want to take these chronologically, I assume? <laughs> yeah. Of I think so, of yeah. Course. So we take the Wayback Machine back to the year 1987. Yep. This is a good year. Um, I was six. I yeah. was 
born that year. Oh my 13. god! <laughs> Get out! <laughs> Sorry, I was I was thirteen. <laughs> I was eighty-seven. I was eleven. Yeah. So there we go. Uh, Nineteen eighty-seven. This movie called Hellraiser came out. Um. Now what, is somebody fucking upstairs? Okay. <laughs> I'm like who's what's going on up here, <laughs> Chris? What are you letting happen in this place, man? Somebody's opened the box and they came up there. Yeah, there it is. There the Cenobites came. <laughs> oh, gross. Um, so yeah, is that black Hellra- and slimy. Oh god. <laughs> Hellraiser, 1987. Uh, Andrew Robinson, Claire Higgins, Ashley Lawrence. Um, just to start things off, I watched this movie over the weekend. Just to kind of get my get get the pump prime for this show, mm-hmm. uh, which that's nothing. That's not a chore. A chore to watch that no, film for me. No, yeah, um, I can watch it over and over again. It's um, every couple of months for me. Yeah. Okay, and and now let's. I want to preface this by saying, I think we've talked a lot about Hellraiser on this show. It's come up a lot. Um, we're deep diving tonight, mm-hmm. right? All right. Um, Finally, I want to ask all you guys a question. You guys can just take this each one of you. Yeah. Okay. What was your first impression when you saw the Cenobites? Let's just let's talk about this. For me, it was interesting. I had discovered Clive Barker books when I was eight, nine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. My mom had left the Damnation game out, and I took it and read it. Mm-hmm. And so it had a lot of taboo subjects in it. That you mean the the Hellbound Heart? All of them. Okay. All of them. Yeah. All of Clive Barker's books have that sexual element to them pretty much. Yes. And I remember when I was eight equating it with bondage. Okay. And equating the Cenobites with bondage. Interesting. Um, Which is a really weird thing for an 11-year-old Yeah, but you picked up on that as a kid, yeah. Um, So, yeah, for me, when the movie came out, it was this kind of psychosexual thriller that... I think is what the book was supposed to be. Yeah, um, oh, for sure. With the the whole damnation element included. And so for me, I thought, like, this sounds odd and kind of off-putting. I thought it was kind of sexy, the Cenobites. So, Ooh, yeah. you jerked off to the Cenobites? Never jerked off to them, but I can think things are sexy. <laughs> I mean, there's definitely well that that element is definitely there. Yeah, on and purpose. I, yeah, and I I know Clyde Barker has said that over the years, like a lot of people from the BDSM scene came up to him and said that like seeing Hellraiser, they were like, man, this guy gets it, mm-hmm. and that he got a lot of very positive feedback. Yeah, about, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Well, and he's big into the scene too. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, Michelle, Michelle. Um, you know I. Uh... I've, even as a kid, I was always weird and obsessed with death and, um, like, goth, dark-looking mm-hmm. stuff. So I was always really into the Hellraiser mythos. And um, uh, when I was a kid, I was obsessed with um, medieval torture and the different devices and methods mm-hmm. they use. And I would, like, borrow books in the library about them, like, about different types of torture and... <laughs> I was like really into that for a while. I was it's a weird, interesting stuff. introverted it's not child. That um, so I was super into like Hellraiser, and I actually my dad uh, was big into horror, and I had absolutely zero restrictions on anything I watched ever. 
I've never been told I couldn't watch something, even yeah, as a little kid. Yeah, I was kid. raised the same way. So I would watch this stuff with my dad, actually, and he, you know, and he would explain stuff to me like, "Oh, it's makeup or whatever, what have you." But um, so actually, I have very fond memories of Hellraiser, the first two especially, because that's the ones I watched with my dad a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. That's cool, Chris. Yeah. Um. God, I mean, just seeing that for the first time, it was definitely one of the most unique horror worlds and still is yeah it still is yeah and my definitely my first impressions that is still exactly what i think every time i watch it to this day Mm -hmm. is just how really really unique the design of them like just from an art point of view how just really unique Mm -hmm. the vision of that film is and it comes from just a very very like powerful artistic vision that really comes through and it's just very much its own beast and the things that really always stood out to me were just like the little the way that it's all little glimpses the way like you just see little flashes of their world and like when the wall opens up and you just get like a little hint of hell and like just but it it feels like a really fully formed world it's like you feel like there's this whole world and this whole mythology that's there but you're just seeing a little part of it and also mm-hmm. the way that the Cenobites aren't really the villains the way that like they're just no. sort of they're just they, like just they're they're kind of like they're morally kind of neutral like, like they're just they're doing the agreed upon thing that happens when you ask them to show up yeah, yeah. they don't they don't take people that don't, they don't ask take them real interest. yeah well, yeah, I mean they'll, they'll do deals and stuff or whatever well, but, yeah, uh, we learned that in the very in the very first film yeah that, you know yeah. that's like they're very dispassionate and neutral and like yeah. that they you opened the box like they don't we care came. about yeah, anybody that's... else other than like who called them yeah, yeah like yeah. they're just they're later they kind of do well yeah they do in the in particularly the the one that really goes off the rails yeah. mythologically. We'll 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 get yeah. to that. We'll get to that. I mean, not yeah. to jump to too too quick, but to illustrate that point, when Tiffany opens the box, Imogen Borman, please get a hold of me, sweetheart. Um, when she opens <laughs> the box, they you know they show up and it's like you know, and we'll we're gonna get to two in more depth. But that scene in particular, I'm like, yeah. oh fuck, it's on this poor little kid. Yeah. yeah. Oh my god, and they're like, wait. Yeah. Wait, mm-hmm. she is innocent. Yeah, no, yeah. no, they, she, yeah. it's Hand, not. It's hands not, don't call us. It's desire, desire calls us. It's desire calls. So going back to you know, yeah. and we'll get That's to that right. piece. That's right. That but getting one. back to one. Now, when I saw it the first time, and you know, I, I, I think that's really important because I don't, Chris, you really nailed it too. I think. I remember the first impression I had when I saw the Cenobites. It was obviously nothing like anything I had ever seen. Um, the detail. Um, and the bondage aspect, I mean, that, that I, I, you know, not when I was that young when I first saw it, but I started to get that as I got older. Um, but the absolute, the, the idea <coughs> to me, I always thought of, excuse me, was that these creatures, you can call them whatever you want, are complacent with a level of torture that they're exposed to at all times. Mm-hmm. If you look at them, I mean, Pinhead's an easy example. Look at him for Christ's sake. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's got he's 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 
not only his head, which is like completely ridiculous, but you know, you see the carves in his body that are opened up and exposed. Yeah. Uh, and all of them have these little, you got to look close. Little details. All these little details, yeah, right? Yeah, his, his clothing is like woven through cuts in his skin. Yeah. It's yeah. kind of like that, when people like get hung by their piercings and stuff. Yep. When they yeah. Yeah. It's like suspension. All, yeah, it's all the suspension. Cenobites have that. I'm sorry, Michelle. I didn't mean to cut you. Oh, no, you didn't. Okay. Um, all the Cenobites have that aspect that you're talking about. Their clothing, the leather, is literally woven into their skin. Yep. And that's something you pick up, you know, you read that kind of stuff. I don't think it's really ever hinted at in the films. Um, you can see it if you look. If you look, yeah. But it's, you know, if, if you read fan fiction like I did for Hellraiser a lot, um, Gross. you learn that those things. <laughs> um, read some... Yeah. Pinhead and Shatter <laughs> erotic slash oh, yeah. hot, some hot stuff, man. <laughs> um, but even Pinhead now, if you look at Pinhead, and your first, my first impression, honestly, when I saw Pinhead, was like this is kind of ridiculous looking. It's just ridiculous looking. This is. He, I remember my dad seeing it. He was just like, "What is this guy? You know, how far are these guys trying to push the envelope here?" Um, you know, but you get it after a while. Like, well, not even after a while. Very quick, I think. Yeah. Well, when, Brad- when he starts to talk, yeah, Doug Bradley I would say the minute like he opens his mouth, royalty. everything changed. Doug Bradley like re- took that, legal. and that's uh, what I've I've been saying. I've said it before on this show about Pinhead, that character. No one else could have done that role like Doug, Doug Bradley did. A classically trained actor, mm-hmm. you know, a theater yep. actor. He took this grotesque creature. It made him it, beautiful. Well, I made it made him into made him into a poet. Yeah, yeah. he became yeah. a poet, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, there's so many great lines, you know. And you've you've quoted one. Um, you know, we have all of eternity to experience your flesh. I mean, all these your grotesque, pain will be legendary even, even in hell. hell, right? I mean, yeah. there's all these amazing lines, and maybe they were written, maybe they weren't. I don't know, but it was the delivery. Oh the yeah, delivery, yeah. man. It's, it's he has a cadence that yeah. is. It lends gravitas to anything that comes out of his mouth. Yeah. Yeah. Like, if he talked at normal speed, nothing he said would be important. Yeah. But when he stops and goes, your pain will be legendary even in hell. It's like... Yeah. Ow. So these characters, you don't hear much from Butterball or the Chatterer. Well, you hear hear it from the Chatterer. Yeah. You know, uh, or even the female Cenobite. The female Cenobite, you know, I mean, and we've mentioned this before, I mean, you know... Not to spoil the Hellbound Heart, but they did change things a little bit in the film. Um, Pinhead was not the leader. The female was more the leader of the group. Yeah. Um, you know, and it, it was hinted at. I mean, there was these, these subtle things that Clive Barker talked about with Pinhead in the book where, you know, Pinhead was more of a soft-spoken kind of weaker character. Yeah. He was there. I mean, he's, he's a fucking Cenobite, you know, uh, but he was not what he was portrayed in the films, which I'm perfectly cool with. Yeah, there's a lot man. of there's a lot of changes character wise between yeah. the book and the film. Yeah. And I mean especially yeah, the uh Julia and her husband being older and mm-hmm. uh Kirsty being his daughter. Yep. And in mm-hmm. the book they're just all friends in their early thirties. Yeah, yeah. 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 <clears throat> so um those impressions right there is what's kind of to me at least taken Hellraiser and put it into like just you know the top of my list. I mean, I can't not and I'll and I'll put this across anything from one to eight. I can watch any of those and enjoy yeah. them, right? Yeah, I mean, bad. some more than others, of course. Um, but 
this series to me is just it's 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 gold, right? Yeah. The original Hellraiser, we saw some things and heard about some things that and the special effects. I mean, let's just get into that for a second. Uh, Uncle Frank, for example. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. More fantastical ideas of just having to rebuild a person. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, the 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 regeneration scene is still one of the coolest scenes I've ever seen in a horror movie. It is where yeah. where the, the his flesh forming back on bone and all of that. Yeah. Um, just amazing. And when you watch like uh, Leviathan, they really go into how they did everything and how obnoxious. It actually looked like, I guess, Frank's bones, his rib bones, were mm-hmm. just flat things that didn't look like bones at all if you saw them in person. Yeah. Yeah. And then um, just lighting, they managed to, to yeah. cheat it. Yeah. Wow. Completely, yeah. One of the most grotesque things in Hellraiser, to me, which is, you'll laugh at this, is the one cut scene they did um, with Andrew Robinson. Um when he when he cut his hand on the nail, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that to me when I was watching it over the weekend, that one hurts. That one I was like, dreading seeing that again. Mm-hmm. Huh. Of all the it's, shit it's that the, happens in that thing, yeah. it's the only one that's relatable. Yeah, I mean like, that you know yeah. how that feels. That would yeah. suck. That would hurt so bad. I've cut myself like that before, mm-hmm. and it hurts, man. Mm-hmm. And, and you bleed like crazy in that part of your hand, mm-hmm. uh, and. I mean, it all made sense, and that you're right. It, it's relatable. Uh, that's one of the hardest things for me to watch, and all that insanity in the original Hellraiser. That's one of the ones that just dist- that one of the pieces that disturbs me the most. I was gonna say. I mean, the thing that that takes this to another level, this movie to another level for me, isn't the supernatural. It's not Pinhead. It's not the Cenobites. Not the Puzzle Box. None of that. It's that it's a tortured love story. Yeah. Yeah. That that is all the movie is that they took that and turned it into hell. And it's just amazing storytelling to be able to, I think, to be able to do that, to take, like I said, a love story and make it evil. And Julia is like a really good, um, evil character and then she has a lot of agency and mm-hmm. like motivation she has her own motivations for doing what what she does yeah and i really like that she kind of especially in the second movie you know becomes her own force to be reckoned with oh she's yeah. terrifying yeah. And then, she's a really good i mean girl. i want to move to the second one yeah but in the first movie even still i mean she's like you know murdering people to reconstruct get the blood for frank to reconstruct them yeah. like like she's like doing, going out and getting things done, you know, and she don't fuck yeah. around. Well, I mean, well, she literally does fuck. Well, around, I mean, but... you know, like, well, there's a beast in her. <laughs> That's what thinking this thing through, you know. You well, see, she don't even fuck those dudes. She just no, makes right. well, no. they're gonna fuck them. And well, she, yeah. I'm like, <laughs> she she's get. diabolical. She's <laughs> yeah. diabolical, man. Because um, you see her in the beginning, you know, she's obviously a disturbed person. Yes. Larry, uh, her husband. Crazy in love, as they say. Yeah, but, you know, he 
he's doing everything he can to try to make her happy. Mm-hmm. You know, you see that except that, for giving her the bone correctly. Apparently, apparently, yeah, apparently, yeah. Apparently, she <laughs> likes it a little rougher than he's willing yeah. to go. But he's a nice guy. <laughs> yeah. Larry, you know, loves his family. Mm-hmm. He loves he loves Julia. You know, he loves his daughter, and all he's trying to do is try to make everybody happy. Mm-hmm. You know, and he thought this house was going to be the key to that, um, as we discover (laughs) yeah that's the undoing of everybody um andrew robinson at the end when frank when that whole thing happens some of the most disturbing um makeup work i think they did is Is when oozing around the edge around the edge because he had to put the skin on him right that is Mm -hmm. that that part forever has just because he's sweaty he's having a drink yeah yeah you know, it's like, and, and, it's he's, and he's like itching it too, and he's like moving it's all squishy. Yeah, 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 yeah that yeah, is yeah. really yeah. creepy. It's there's so many little subtle details in it. Yeah, that are just hard to watch. And I find it interesting that cool. he takes on his form because it's Julia is attracted to that element of danger and sexuality more than like his physical form. Does that mm-hmm. make sense? Yeah. yeah, like like she's craving this like the entire film is about like desire and mm-hmm. and. And having uh, forbidden desires, um, and I, I I honestly think Hellraiser's probably a lot of people our age and uh, introduction to like BDSM and mm-hmm. and that kind of that sexuality that yeah. it's yeah, I'm sure. and, and they actually moved away from it in later ad- um, sequels because the studios doesn't kind of want to play around with that because it's like a very yeah. fine Especially line back of, then yeah the yeah. sexuality of pleasure and some people getting pleasure from pain and that's all real stuff and it's very uncomfortable it to them. a lot of yeah. people it's yeah. probably scarier that aspect of it's scarier than the monsters i think to some people the idea that you can get pleasure from pain and that mm-hmm. some, yeah. for some people that's the only the way B- they can the get BDSM it is okay yeah. yeah julia i think was looking for the best of both worlds though yeah. I think that's what she thought she was going to get. Yeah. She was going to get the bad boy, Uncle Frank, mm-hmm. but the tenderness and beauty of, of her, you know, Larry, yes. her husband. Because, you know, Larry, like I said, he was a tender, nice person. All he was trying he was, to do was He was a happy. sweet guy. He was a nice dude, you know. So she was thinking, okay, I can get, the bo- I can get both yeah. of them now. Yeah, well, I think one. Julia's arc I almost think of as sort of, I don't know, like just a very kind of existential crisis kind of kind of arc where it's just like everything she does comes out of a frustration of like her life having just really not turned out the yes. way that she wanted exactly. it to. Yeah. Exactly. And like thinking that she kind of made that the she wrong choice. she get all choice. the excitement mm-hmm. of making the different choice. And maybe um, she yeah. can create her own life which she tries to do like literally yeah. from Frank she tries yeah. to like yeah. like make a new a new life. And it's then kind of, course, of ironic that, that you're saying that and yeah. his name's Frank. It's like Frankenstein kind yeah. of thing going oh, on. Oh yeah. yeah. Huh. Even though it's Frankenstein's Well, monster. you know, and you, are you guys ready to move on to part two? <laughs> Always. Okay. So part two, let's jump ahead a little bit because you mentioned Frankenstein. I was watching part two last night. Dr. Chenard at, at his home um, when we do see Julia come back. Yeah, because we we lose the her poor in the first dude film. with the bugs. Oh my! Get them off of me! That is so disturbing. That is oh, so hard shit. to watch. That, that is, is so hard. That right there, oh, God. If you, I think, is the beginning of torture porn in movies. That that scene is so prolonged and painful. Yeah, yeah. That it really kind of is 
the beginning of that being a thing in movies. It's it's tear jerking mm. though, man, because he's heart. It's heartbreaking. That yeah. character when he brings him into his office, Doctor Shinar brings him into his office. He's crying. Yeah. He's tortured. His mind is just ripped apart, and all he's doing is hallucinating all the time. Yeah. Um, who knows all where? Right, and came this from. movie came out in eighty eight. Hellbound. 88, thank you. So we're on Hellbound right Hellbound, now. Hellbound, Hellbound. Yep. I can't yep. believe how quickly they cranked out that second yes. movie. Well, they were yeah. already going into production on two when they were finishing up production on one. Yeah. Wow. So That's unbelievable. Mm-hmm. And Clive Barker directed the first one, and he didn't direct the second one. No, he produced. He produced the first and, one? Like, he produced the second and kind of like he wrote the story but not the script. Okay. Yeah. yeah. If you watch. Sorry. He was busy directing while they were writing the script, by the way. Just to jump ahead here, now we talked about the mattress scene in part in Hellbound. Yeah, it's tough. Oh. As Julia makes her ascent again, and we see Dr. Chenard helping her get her humanity back, basically. Mm-hmm. Make her, her beautiful again. We get these scenes in the attic or the uh, or it's it's a it's a it's a room, a big yeah. room in his house. And I noticed this last night. I'm sure you guys have noticed this too. They show this really hard to watch scene of just all these corpses hanging from the ceiling off mm-hmm. chains yeah. that have been just sucked dry, literally. Um, and then there's thunder and lightning coming in through the windows. Mm-hmm. And you see her kind of like another one, she eats another one, and she's still got the bandages on. And Chenard, they cut over to him, and he's just kind of sitting there like the mad doctor. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And there's like the thunder and lightning coming in a lot, you know, classic look, yeah. classic look, you know, a lot like Frankenstein. It is. Um, it same is. idea. Yeah, it well, probably those, was a homage to that. To I'm, pretty, I'm those, pretty those. sure that a lot of the story is an homage. Yeah. Well, yeah. the first two are, yeah, like really, really steeped in gothic fiction. Like there's yeah. a lot of, a lot of tropes of, yeah, like Frankenstein and a lot of other Dracula. gothic stuff. Yeah. 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 Um, Hellbound, yeah, Hellbound was yeah. typically, you know, I and and I have my complaints about this film. We've talked about this before. This is my favorite of all of them. This is one, I think I agree. dude. Because okay, well, the, here's the one gripe, and I've said this about a lot of characters in film. We get to learn a lot of origins. I mm-hmm. think the same. Are you going to say you don't like Pinhead oh, I, having I, a background? Because I don't like that either. I, I'm not a fan of it. I'm not, I'm I mean, not a fan of I that. I found it interesting and it's grown on me over the years. But it's something that I was like, dude, I was happy not knowing nope. that these people were once human. I was happy knowing that these were just something from somewhere that we don't understand. Yeah. Right? Or they could have even did it with another Cenobite and not him. Maybe. Maybe. I don't think it would have well, had any. I don't know. I don't think it's bad. If they would have done bad. it with somebody else, I think it would have had well, zero impact. Yeah, it, well, yeah, it ended I, up not having any impact because they just drop all that shit in the later ones anyway. Well, but, well, we'll we'll get to the reason for that. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, I, I never had a problem with what they did in 2. I thought 3 got a little silly with where it took it. Yeah. But in 2, I thought it made a lot of sense because... Well, especially in in the in the book in the Hellbound Heart, there's sort of a whole thing in there that didn't make it into the first movie yeah. about how Frank kind of wants the Cenobites to make him one of them. Right. Uh, and oh, there's in the, the second one, there's yeah, that, yeah the like Doctor Shenard has that where like yeah. he wants to be one, one. of them. Like, he eventually yeah. gets his and wish. To think, so, like, that's, and to think, I hesitated. Yeah. Okay, yeah. Love that line. So I think okay, like to see line. that like that's yep. kind of where I think it gave just enough background where like you can kind of fill in the gaps like okay like these are the people who were sort of like hardy enough to 
withstand the torture. Like, these are the ones who, like, really got into yeah. it. And, I you mean, know, it's like, only a yeah. little, too. Like, they don't... It's not, No, like, it's not, like, half the movie. Yeah. There's, like, yeah. no real... It's, a, it's a, just a little... Yeah, it's little a little piece of it, you know. I mean, I, think, I think there's one scene in the movie that totally verifies what you're saying, Chris. When you're saying that it's the hardy ones that survive it. Yeah. In the transformation scene for Pinhead. Yeah. That it starts off with him screaming in pain, and then... In the middle of it, he starts smiling and laughing and enjoying it. Exactly. And I think that is really, really Clive Barker. Like, the way they handle that backstory. Like, they don't try to humanize him, you know... Like it's not no. well. It's not like what they end up doing in three. Yeah, the three's the really yeah three. Well, they, they, like, three they, that well three we'll, got ridiculous. We'll get to three. Yeah. Three has many problems. Hell, but, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but yeah. Like I thought, like what the way they handle that backstory and the transformation, and yeah, like it does a lot more with like Clive Barker's like mm-hmm. the BDSM philosophy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like this sort of dark sexuality of it, and that kind of pleasure and pain. So like, there's more I, sex in this one too. I feel like there's a lot more emphasis on for, yeah. like the actual carnal sexual pleasure. Like yeah, yeah. Um, which, is there? Oh yeah, because when they go like Frank's hell is like all these women he can't fuck. Like they're all just naked in yeah. that sheet. Yeah, yeah. Like he's just, they, he's they're just there to tortured. Mock him. They're there yeah. to mock him. He's tortured by his his inability. sexual need and inability to gratify yeah. that need. Yeah. yeah, and even more so than the first one with Frank. There's like all the stuff with like Julia and yeah. Doctor Chenard kind of getting sexy when she doesn't have any skin. Oh, that was and, that, yeah. He's she like looks that fan is, on her bare. She looks fantastic. Ooh, yeah. that character design looks, is so. Oh, it was amazing. So, and it's so real. And, like, yeah. that's one, like, that honestly, like, I cringe in the scenes when, like, he's, like, touching her. Like, oh, that would hurt. Well, the guy's or got a like, really nice house, feel first off. Yeah. what it would, yeah, like, you feel, like, okay. And she's like, got okay, those like, icy blue yeah. eyes looking out uh-huh. and all dude's that. Got a, dude's, got a, dude's got a really nice pad. Yeah, and, and it's so clean. And you show and the, the ones, blood, you show the yeah. one, the handprint, the you see handprint. he looks over, like, and if, I just put myself in that situation of how fucked up I am mentally. Um. I'd been like, you need to get the fuck out of here. Or get a tarp or something. <laughs> you need to get the fuck out of here. Get a tarp. Come I don't care what you have. you got to get the fuck out of here. You're bleeding all over my shit. one of those shit. Mr. Clean magic erasers. Like, just take that with you. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. Um, Buff that wall. Hell, Hellbound, to me, yeah, this is one of those sequels that while I do have some little bit of a gripe, God damn, is this brilliant. I loved how they expanded the mythos. One of, oh, one of the yeah. bloodiest films to me, One of, I, there's just something about oh, yeah. Hellbound it's one of the most violent, and, and I say this mass, artfully, you know, very art and tasteful in a certain way. Violent as hell. I, it's rare I've seen something that violent, and it's rare I've seen a film this bloody, too. There's a scene in particular when they walk through the ward with all the patients, yeah. when they've oh, all been oh, just that's fucking wrecked. That's Dr. Chenard just going there and just raising holy hell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, that all of scene, them with puzzle boxes. And it's, yeah. it's Tiffany and Aunt, my God, Tiffany Kirstie. and Kirsty. Thank you. My God, I'm calling her Ashley because <laughs> her name is Ashley. Uh, Tiffany and Kirsty are walking through there, and they're just looking around, going, "Holy shit, what the fuck happened here?" Right? Yeah. So, and a lot of it's like body horror too. Yeah. Oh yeah, like well, especially when they get transformed, you know, and it's in a bites. Like when they transform the doctor, it's fucking badass dude, shit. It's dude, so yeah. fucking badass. But yeah, well, See, that was those, I thought the we- one of the weakest violence in the movie. Like really? the poor, like the worst done. Well, I'm not, I thought it looked the coolest. The violent, I thought that was brilliant looking. I thought it was really creative. They how brought they him in. I mean, it was a, him. the box comes up. It's 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 in the style of the lament configuration. Yeah, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and um, it's a machine. Yep. 
It's a cryptic, it's this archaic machine that's designed to build a Cenobite or create a Cenobite. Mm-hmm. And you get to see all the grisly, cool yeah. detail of that. And when yeah. the little the little thing with the propeller goes and it starts fucking his voice oh box up. Oh my God, like, dude. I was like, whoa, it's fucking scary. Yeah, yeah. That, yeah. Um, and that's, again, that line. I, I love that line. He comes out of there before they put him on the thing. The hell, you know, where he's he's suspended, yeah, and, he, and he's like, he comes out as a Cenobite, and he's just like, and to think, I hesitated, yeah, I fucking that just summed it up for me, man. Like he was waiting for this, and when he the was faced time. with it, when he was faced with it, if you remember, mm-hmm. you he know, panicked. he panicked, right? This is right. what you wanted, though. You yeah. wanted to see the labyrinth, the yeah. Leviathan, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Which looks badass also. Like, oh just the entire God. inside of the area just looks the really labyrinth. cool. Oh, a lot yeah. of hand-painted matte oh, stuff yeah, in there. Oh, yeah, those paintings are unbelievable. Yeah. Like, there's... Yeah, I want to, like, print those I out. wouldn't yeah. mind having, like, the originals. Yeah. And just the art design mm-hmm. and just, like, the way that, you know, it's... You can really see in that one, like, even though Clive Barker did not direct it, the artistic vision is very much his because yeah. he is like he is a painter mm-hmm. and you can see all the like you know the matte paintings the design of the labyrinth is very mc escher and then yep, like the yep. gore and the body horror stuff is very like you know like francis bacon and hieronymus bosch yes. and, like there's it's, it's just it's yeah. it's like the first movie but turned up it's just it, it amped Everything's up man on steroids but it's amped up in a good way they amped so up cool the good looking. parts of it they didn't you know yeah it, they didn't go three on it yeah, yeah and, and the like, music oh my god oh yeah the, the score on those first two so beautiful it's yeah beautiful i would i would i wish i collected well, actually i don't wish i collected vinyl it's expensive i don't need another hobby but <laughs> um if they did have those on vinyl and i collected they do. it they I do would totally be into that i have they do since we've been talking about this on my next free day, I'm going to Flipside and buying that. You saw the you saw there. the advert for that too. You prick! I know, I'm gonna beat was, you there. I'm gonna fucking beat you there. I was and get gonna that go shit. buy it yesterday that I yeah. got girls, home and saw girls, that ad on Facebook. Girls. Well, you're God yeah. damn it! No, no, I want them. They're mine. They're mine. Call it. I get out of here. <laughs> That's it. Fuck you both. I'll order them online. <laughs> yeah, support small support business. Your sto- yeah, support your store. Yeah, support the store. But yeah, no, you, yeah you're yeah. right about it. yeah being the first film that just turned up. But yeah, like amped up. Something yeah. that people talk about it being like way over the top and gratuitous, but no. I kind of don't think it is. I mean, it no. feels everything about the design. It's and violent as it hell. It feels very I mean, deliberate. Really? Like it feels really well thought out. Oh, you, you know, know what? Though, it, the, yeah. the violence in it doesn't feel violent. Like I don't know if that makes sense. It. it it's pretty. Well, it's it's a like, beautiful in, looking in, in film. its oh, own. Artfully done. In its yeah. own way, it's it's pretty. Yeah, it's yeah. not like Nightmare on Elm Street or or Jason or any yeah, of that. Yeah, it's not like gaudy violence. Right, because everything that happens a has a fest. reason for it. Yeah. Like yes. it has a a story reason to mm-hmm. happen. It's not very. The later films are still more gratuitous, but this film it feels like whenever something violent does happen, it was like to serve a purpose. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Well, Helmand's a masterpiece. Yeah. Bottom line, it's a masterpiece. It's my favorite in the series. And, and, by I, and, far. I'll, and I'll stand Mine by you, too. even with my gripe about it. This movie is just permanently ingrained in my it's, DNA. Have you, have you said what? What is your what is your gripe about it specifically? I'm well, no, sure. I, I just the, the origins type thing. I oh, didn't, okay. I didn't yeah. want, that was my only little gripe. Can and my, that really isn't that big of a deal, honestly. I mean, yeah. I guess over the years, it's grown on me too. Yeah. yeah. My only gripe that I was struck again when I rewatched it on Saturday was that. The whole thing with the kind of like infighting among the Cenobites comes yeah. out of fucking nowhere. 
when Dr. Chenar just picks a fight with the other four, and even rewatching it, I was like, wait, did really I just like- miss a little bit of setup? And I rewound no, it. There to was the be- no, there was no setup for that. So, like, that's. And it's such a slow burn at the beginning with him well, bringing back Julian. It takes its time. I almost wish that that movie had another, like, ten minutes in it to just, like, build up the Cenobite lore a little bit more and kind of lay the seeds well, of that. you know, Chenard, that Cenobite, when he becomes a Cenobite, yeah. I mean, he's got some really great, he's got some great one-liners, mm-hmm. you know. He does. Uh, and one of the things he says that might, help with this mm. is he when he does when he is confronted by the other Cenobites oh, yeah, he says, he oh says, good a fight oh good a fight but he said I am taking over this operation oh yeah that's true my, yeah. so his intention was so to become like, a Cenobite and then become the head yeah. Cenobite become, yeah. become the boss because apparently you know I think I mean uh, Pinhead was the he was the dude yeah right? Pinhead was the dude and he wanted to become the lord yeah at least the lord of that area like their job yeah the, whatever the fuck that was Although, but you know wh- Go ahead. I was just going to say, must be but middle as far management. As, like, must be. Yeah, he's middle management. But, so <laughs> what is Dr. Chenard attached to? What is on the other end? No idea, of- and I don't want to know. Something no. really bad. Something creepy. Like, is it like an extension of Leviathan? Or like, what is that that's, that's down what- below the labyrinth that's like hanging on to him? It seems like maybe it's like, maybe he's kind of too like part of a bigger monster that we just never see. Yeah. So like, is that other monster what's picking a fight with the other four? Maybe. Like, is it Ooh, Leviathan kind of like? Damn, dude. Never thought about that. That's kind of Deep cool. cuts, man. Yeah. Holy shit. Yeah. <laughs> but that's, that's an interesting thought. Because I've, I've thought that too for many times. Like, okay, what the hell is what? What is on the other end a of the arm? What is that thing? You know, what, what what's going yeah. on there? Yeah. Um, it was just cool bio, bio, uh, bio, uh, great. I forgot English. Carry on. Biomechanical. Yeah. Thank you. That's well, and because like when it, when it grabs the top of his head and it opens up and there's like the spinny <laughs> blade. Yeah. It's I love like, that. it's the same as like the bone saw that he's using to cut into the woman's brain. Yeah. In the yeah. first scene. There you go. Yeah. yeah. Right? Every, everything in that movie was callbacks to earlier too. Mm-hmm. Tiffany, um, please call me. Imogen <laughs> Borman. Uh, no, I, 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 and I'll keep this brief. I, you know what? And I forgot it. It was on the table in a bag. I'm an idiot. My my lament configuration Hellraiser box yeah, set. I with a, to see yeah, it. I'm a piece of shit. I'm a total loser. I even reminded him on you Friday. Did. I put it on the Boo. table. <laughs> I totally forgot. Uh, I bought that. For the only reason I bought it was because they did have an interview with Imogen Borman on there. I was above a lot of stuff in this film when I was a kid. I was just a kid. I just was in love with her. Crushing. She hard. just had that beautiful jawline. There was just something about this. Her all silence, right, all right, you know? all right. We don't and, need to go into the poetry and, of Imogen. And so Borman. yeah, like and like <laughs> so she's just really yeah. So oh boy, I put that away. Sorry, <laughs> um, but you know, I I really love her character. I thought Tiffany's character really, and we didn't really address that. Her character really added a lot because there's, and then when she finally, holy shit, when Shenard comes through, holy yeah. shit. I mean, you die laughing because she finally, that's the first thing that comes out of her mouth, yeah. mm-hmm. right? Um, but that movie, it, it's epic. Hellbound, I'll, I'll, be, I'll go on record to say it's probably my favorite in the series too, man. It, it's so epic, massively violent. It, it's, it is over the top, but it is like you guys said, 
everybody alluded to that. It's so masterfully done. Yeah, it's like it feels very epic, you know. Yeah. So we got to start hauling ass here because I, I had a bad feeling this was going to happen. Well, it's going to We're on to three. We're going to get going fast. Speaking of things that aren't a masterpiece. Yeah. Um, so now we're on Hell on Earth 1992. See, now this is the first one sure that I saw in a theater. Huh? So yes, sure it is. It sure is 1992. That shit's real 90s. Very nice. Yeah. You saw this in the theater? Saw I saw this one in the theaters. Um, and I don't get the hate for it. Yeah, it's goofy. We're yeah. introduced to the Pyramid it's Gallery, which is cool. Fun. I like the Pyramid Gallery. That was a really cool part of the film uh, where we get that statue. Yeah, yeah that is cool. Um, yeah. That statue is cool. There's a nice... The tie-in is okay, I think, to you know where the box ends up. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. There's some really, really, you know, I, I liked, I liked the color of the film. To me, I mean, it was a colorful film. It was mm-hmm. fun to a certain degree. Yeah. It got when we have CD Man and Mr. Bartender Cenobite and all mm-hmm. this shit. Yeah, camera head. Camera head, which I did <laughs> dig that one. Like, did you see what he did to me? You see what he did to me, you bitch. Mm-hmm. You know that was kind of heavy. Mm-hmm. You know, and they really made him look good. I thought the camera head guy looked really good. The effects cool. are still good. Yeah, one. the effects are good. JP, the, the, the owner of the club. Yeah. Uh, what they turn him in, like the clock thing. Yeah, like, just the, like kinda pistons. Like, and, yeah. yeah. Kind of moving it's around. Weird. It was jackhammering. Was it jackhammering? Like sex. It oh. was a direct reference to him being a fuckboy. Okay. All right. He just was, but that movement he was doing, because he was sitting there smiling and laughing, but he's still in pain. Yeah. You know, like that, again, going back to that whole complacent with torture the whole time. Pleasure and pain. Pleasure and pain. They're all totally into that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Story wise, yeah. We, I, I love what's her name when she turns into Cenobite with the cigarette and the hole in her throat. Oh, yeah. yeah. I can dream. I can dream now. <laughs> I can dream now. Um, I mean, what's there to say? It was. I mean, I enjoyed it. It's not the greatest film in the series by any means. Uh, there's a, that, the church scene, though. That, that scene is cool. fucking heavy. There's a That's, lot of really yeah. strong visuals in that film, and yeah. that is definitely one of the strongest. When he does the whole ha 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 and the, the, the yeah. arms out, I'm like, yeah. ooh, dude. You know, is yeah. that the line where he says that too? Is like, did, I don't know if I'm in the wrong film or not. Where he says somebody's like, oh my god. He's like, do I look like somebody who cares about what God thinks? That's in four. That's in four. That's in four? Yeah. Okay, I'm sorry. Well, I'm getting ahead yeah. here. Um, um, he said, oh, that's when he's he makes some sort of. Some sort of joke. Though. He makes a joke about Christ. Yeah, yeah. And it's there's blasphemy. Funny. <laughs> there's oh, yeah. blasphemy in this film a uh, lot. You know, mm-hmm. Boy, it's, it's Clyde Barker. They ran, yeah. they they amped that up for this one. Yeah, there was a lot more anti-Judeo-Christian yeah. messages in this one. Yeah. Um, Which, again, that's that's Clyde Barker yeah. all over the well, place. Well, we're dealing with hell, so it's already the opposite. Yeah, exactly. Is, so. They wiped out an entire club. Yeah. Yeah. That pretty he awesome. Wiped out. Yeah, he, yeah. Pinhead did. Yeah, by himself. Yep. I, there's a lot of really. I don't. Know, it's it is. It's a fun. It's a fun. It's movie. a fun movie. But that's where you start getting into one of my beefs with it is that it just throws all the mythology out the window for all intents and purposes. And does it though? Well, it drastically changes the way that the Cenobites are characterized. Where like they're no longer just sort of like dispassionate. Like, you but know, they're the not time, morally you, neutral anymore. It's they just interesting. Like, like there's yeah. a difference between these Cenobites and all the previous ones. Yeah. And it's actually visually apparent as well as yeah. everything. The other ones have turned blue, are cold, have, their, their skin tones have changed. They've been doing it for a long time. Yeah. They're not, they're not fresh anymore. They're, and <laughs> these ones 
have pink skin, are still very much connected to their humanity. They haven't gotten to that point yet. Hmm. It's just, I mean, like it, seriously, that was one of the first things I noticed when I was watching it. Was I rewatched it today, and that was one of the big things I noticed. Is like, holy crap, they're all pink. Like, <laughs> Pinhead is still has his bluish white yeah. skin. They were all still very much human. Yeah. Well, I think the way Pinhead behaves like a very different character, I still find a little odd. In that movie. Because, but there's also an ex- explanation for that built into the movie. Yeah. That he and his soul are separated. That he no longer has the 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 captain attached to him. He's now a separate being that is just the evilness of Pinhead. And that's what the whole merger three quarters of the way through the movie is when, or yeah. uh, at okay. the end of the movie. So, I mean, it is a different character. And it's supposed to be different and behave differently. Yeah. Fun flick. Fair enough. It's fun. It's yeah, a fun. It is It is fun. I mean, I don't know. Let's it, move on. To, we, we're really well, I think killing the clock. The thing here. that we should say about three, though, go ahead. is that it is a, it's, just, it's a dry run for Wishmaster. Because yeah. it's the same screenwriter. So, like, I yeah. watched those two fairly close together last Halloween and realized they are the same goddamn movie. Pretty close. But Wishmaster is... Wishmaster is kind of Hellraiser 3, but kind of better, and freed from the burden of being a Hellraiser movie that feels like a total break from the two that came before it. Yeah. No. So, like, that's, at the end of the day, that's it's my beef lighter... with 3, is that, yeah, like, it just it does not feel like it belongs in a trilogy with 1 and 2, no. whereas no. if it were its own thing... I'd feel a lot more kind to it. Dare I say it's a much, I mean, it's a bit more lighthearted. Oh, yeah, I it's mean, a we... lot more cheeky. It's a lot more fun. It's also the one that Clive Barker had absolutely nothing to do with the writing of because yeah. Miramax shut him out until they were already shooting it and then realized, oh, hey, we should probably like get Clive Barker in here, which, <laughs> you know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just doing drugs. All right, yeah, so now uh, we're on so, yeah, Bloodline. Hell, Bloodline. Yeah, Bloodline. Saw this one in the theater. So, yeah, you said 1996, right. Heather? Yep. Um, Heather, my God. Michelle? <laughs> yep. 1996. I haven't seen you in a while. <laughs> 1996. Uh, when I saw the trailer for this and I saw the Cenobites were going to space, I'm like, I'm fucking sold. When does it come out? I'll be there. <laughs> yeah, I'll be there. Absolutely. I, did, I remember doing the same thing. Dude, I'm there, man, because I'm a sci-fi dork. And, and that a Hellraiser dork. That was at the height of Next Generation also, so I was like, yeah. dude, I was all about that. It's I'm like, let's all go to space. All the sequels were going to space. Let's yeah. go to space, Let's get man. Get these motherfuckers in space. 96 was the year horror went to space. Yeah, Leprechaun, <laughs> Critters, Hellraiser, mm-hmm. Friday, Friday the 13th. 13th. People Who else went to space. I think people make a sport out of shitting on Bloodline. Yeah. We've okay. had this conversation. So I used to be this person, mm-hmm. and then uh, Chris made me a copy of the work print. Yes, spliced mm-hmm. into it. It's a fucking completely different movie, and they fucked it up. That's how they I had, met Chris. They had, this movie, the work print version, is almost Not as good as Chris. part two. What's yeah. that? Yeah. They cut out so much oh, stuff dude, that's it's important. Yeah, the entire plot of yes, the movie got cut gone. out. I yeah. couldn't believe the yeah. shit they cut out. I was like, dude, you guys are cutting out like exposition. There's like an entire side plot that's just 
exercised. And without it, the entire third act is gibberish. Yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. completely nonsensical without that stuff in it. Movie yeah. came in like, a, like an hour 14 in the theater. Yeah. And that was the first thing I remember when the movie was over. I'm like. That's it. Okay, I had a great time. I want more. What, what the fuck? That's yeah. it? Yeah. It makes so much more sense. It's it, like a they travesty. They only add like, what, yeah. 11 more minutes to the movie? 12? Uh, more than more than that. Because oh, also, uh, the theatrical cut had a bunch of reshoots, too. Yeah. So for the work print cut, there's a lot. There's more footage. That yeah. I think there's like half an hour of difference or something. Oh, wow. Yeah. And, you know, it's also, it's structured differently because the way that it was written and the way that uh, when Kevin Yeager was still the director that he shot it, it was basically an anthology film where it's past, present, and future yep. were like three discrete segments. It's like I- I'm the... going to be a dick for one for one oh. second. I would love to have seen this and been able to comment on it. Yeah. But somebody's digital copy that they, <laughs> that they gave me to download failed. Sorry. Thanks, Chris. It's an imperfect craft. <laughs> Sorry, <still. laughs> uh, but yeah, the the the, the plot construction world. reminded me a lot. It's almost like Cloud Atlas, where there's like these yeah! three concurrent timelines that are happening. Yeah, like and they're all connected by characters that look the same throughout each generation. Which, yeah. when you think about it, is a little silly. Let's, I mean, yeah. like if you think about it too hard, but it's Hellraiser, so let's not think about it that yeah. hard. Why let's would talk... you think about it? Well, because that's what I do. But however, <laughs> um. You know, I just found that aspect of it so fucking cool. Like, that could have been so good had they not fucked with it. Because there's, like, these three separate timelines. Like, there's, like, the 1800s, and then there's, like, present day, which is 1996, and then the future. Then the future. And you get to find out the origin of the Lament configuration. Yeah. That's what I loved. The the set pieces are fucking amazing because they actually make houses and like buildings that are like you're inside of the Lament configuration, like with the gears and stuff. And there's a fucking spaceship that turns into it. That's cool. Yeah. The visuals are real. And the way that. This one's so much better than three. Yeah, exactly. And this one, you know, well, it eventually flew off the rails and everybody kind of took their name off it like this one yeah, since Clyde the, the Barker was involved yeah it's, yeah. it's an Alan Smithy the film the theatrical is an Alan Smithy film but yeah, yeah I think like in the writing of it like even though it was uh, Peter Atkins wrote it again I think that Clive was kind of back more this time kind of like guiding how they dove into the mythology yeah. you could tell because just because of the dialogue in yeah. the 1700s scenes were it, it was specifically felt like Clive Barker dialogue yeah. Um, yeah, the, I, now I didn't get to see the the work print, but I did read basically a shot for shot. What's different. Okay. Yeah. And I love the concept that they didn't do in the theatrical cut. I love that the lament configuration was created by a demon to open hell. Well, it was created, it was created by a toy maker and it was commandeered by a black well, magician in, in the 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 other cut oh really um, it's the it they move everything around for the intro so it starts off in the <laughs> 1700s yeah yeah it starts off with the guy creating the spell and bring after they kill the girl that he uses yeah, the spell yeah, brings yeah. her back she gives the plans to the toy maker yeah so he doesn't know what he's building he's and then like, the toy maker oh, makes back. the box yeah Okay, but yeah, and he so, no he, so she I like creates how they made that the, big banquet with worms right. on it just for that one part when they could have just did it to her anyway. Like, like they've spent all that time cooking that food and put worms in it. They didn't cook then, shit. 
Well, I no, always that was thought... all that was all sitting there well before she got. Well, there. and I know yeah. I'm just saying they said it. I don't know. I'm just thinking well, party again. It's just funny. <laughs> it could have been like that... a, he might have thrown an actual party like three days ago. You, can, you, can, you don't know his life. Can we point out that Adam Scott? Adam Scott, yeah, is. In the eight in the seventeen hundreds, and he scenes. looks like a nineties person still. He still he just looks so, like he, looks, he yeah. looks like people that I would have hung out with at that point in time. It was just, really like, off. Yeah, he just looks super nineties, <laughs> like even though he's in the yeah, yeah. Or yeah. And then they cut back to the nineteen hundreds, and he looks like he fits in. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, oh, there you go. There's your time period. Now, we we talked about the origins thing in in Hellbound. Yeah. Well, by this time, I had already swallowed the pill. Okay, I'm cool with that. Yeah. Um, so we are getting some origin stuff on steroids now. Also, oh, yeah. um, which oh, yeah. I was like, I want to know. I want to know all about the lament configuration. Yeah. I want to know all about that. Um, and we get that. Yeah. And that's, that's why. You know. Yeah. Well, I love this one. Yeah. I mean, even the chop version, we still get. Even though, yeah, Pieces it's a fucking it. mess. Yeah. Um, we still get the story. We get to mm-hmm. see. You know, ha ha ha! My masterpiece and all this great shit. You know. Um, and see what this toy mm-hmm. creates what it's re- well not the toy itself but what it's the center of and we see the architecture we see this spaceship yeah. we see all these things um it's a heavy flick to there's me there's a scene in it yeah. that, that gets me in the gut when and and you kind of touched on it just now when he finishes the cube and he's so excited, and he's telling his wife what this means for their oh, future. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, and she shows that, her what it does. And that this is beautiful. Yeah. Like, this is perfection. Yeah. And not realizing that he literally the creation of this one thing is damning his family forever. Yeah. Well, that, you that, know? In the, in, the, yeah. in the original, well, that cut, he shows it to his wife, and he's like, ha-ha, look, and he does it, and it comes up and then goes back down and she's mm-hmm. like that's it you yeah. know which for that time i could only imagine they make something do that actually back then is when they had like difficult they had a, an automaton that played chess yeah and beat people turned out it was fake that there's a guy inside this inside <laughs> it that was that was a chess master yeah um but they had automatons that actually could get up and walk and yeah. stuff like that so i mean well, it's just, it, yeah. that that little piece right there kind of got me because I'm like, I understand what creating things does, and yeah. sometimes it is something, a, a little thing that you create may have taken hours upon hours of work. Yep. And you are the only one who may truly appreciate. Well, you are the only one who truly appreciates that because you created that piece of art, right? Yep. That little scene really kind of like, I get it. Fuck her. Divorce yeah. that bitch. Is, <laughs> whatever. is the idea of the film that the because the box is small, the opening is small, and when they make bigger boxes, it it opens it up wider so that more they it's can kind um, of kind of the notion. I think so. yeah, like the building that's the lament configuration yeah. is supposed to just like blow open the yeah. floodgates. Well, he said this is a holocaust waiting to open yeah. itself. Yeah, or yeah, like that. He's like, this yeah. is not a building. This is a holocaust. Then they had to go even bigger for yeah. for yeah. the space yeah. station to contain it. And I yeah. find it really interesting in the space station portion when he has a, a robot that opens it. Mm-hmm. Like he controls it like yeah. via yeah. the little yeah. hand the things. So like if he has a robot open the box, then is he then immune from them being able no. to kill him? Like, no. Like why does he use the robot? And because it goes back to two where Pinhead says it's not... 
the hands that that call us it's it's well i think it was on a more technical standpoint too the the centibo- the cenobites while they're powerful very powerful i think the idea was because if you notice like in 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 that on the sh- on the station mm-hmm. he had the lament configuration with that robot yeah. in an isolated like chamber that was locked off oh so maybe he just did it that way so he could seal them off he could yeah, seal exactly. them off okay cool yeah, that, that was was trying to, the exists. whole thing was yes. to, to trap them <clears throat> Yeah, yeah and destroy then those them. assholes have to go in and cut the power. And as they had to one fuck does. around. He, and he then said, I let them out. Stop. Don't do that. You know, that third thing. act has so much shit cut out of it. It's insane. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, and I can't good, wait to see a this. A good cut. 20 minutes is cut out. It's ridiculous. And yeah. the, the, the version I, that you made is cool because, it, you know, the. The, the source that they got the work print from is a VHS, so there's this obvious HDSD difference that kicks in, <laughs> but it's cool because it tells you, you know, tells oh, you what you're missing. Different. Yeah, how you much. Yeah. And yeah. It, that's what's so frustrating because actually the first time I saw it was in that cut when I first found it, and I was just struck by like, wow, each of the three acts has a really crucial dialogue scene that explains like everything that's important in yeah. the mythology and it's cut. I don't know why ev- would they do really? that? All, so I really? know, yep, in every that's and insane. I know the reason why is because this is fucking Miramax. Like we had this conversation yeah. the other day, Michelle, how like even before we knew that he was a sexual predator, I always thought of Harvey Weinstein as a piece of shit cuz he was always famous for especially with genre films really underestimating the intelligence of audiences and cutting stuff to hell because he thought that American viewers were stupid. Like, that's why he would shorten down Hong Kong films. Yeah, he would cut out all the exposition in them. And with genre films, with this one, like, it's troubled production. It's pretty well documented that the studio literally said horror fans don't want story they want the gore as quickly as possible so and they, they want they want yeah. pinhead immediately pinhead immediately so they cut it to hell and yep. shot a bunch of new scenes to just get to the gore as fast as possible and they they actually gave the guy who took over directing yeah the literally they gave him the directions of shoot as little as possible as, spend yep. no money and just get this out. And it is, interestingly enough, the same guy, Joe Chappelle, who did the exact same thing to Halloween 6 at yep. the exact same time. Yep. Because that was just when Miramax was on a roll just thinking that American horror fans are just, like, morons, dumb as dirt. It's interesting when you listen to, like, it's just a little aside, when you listen to commentaries on Miramax films, you and especially pre-Weinstein getting in, uh, getting in trouble, They'll they'll be talking about him, and you can tell they want to say like really fucked up shit about him, and they're just like forcefully being a little oh, nice. Yeah. But you you can hear it in their voice, like, yeah. oh yeah, he was in the editing room, so I wanted to do this, and I kind of didn't get to do oh, it. And everybody hated him. Yeah. I and mean, there's yeah. so many there's so many good films that I'm sure could have been better. Cause Way we know better. They got meddled with, and mm-hmm. there's a lot of like there have been like famously not so good films that got director's cuts mm. in more recent years that are really good like yeah, you know, like shocking, 54 right? or mimic yeah. or like and th- yeah. this is the mimic director's yeah. cut is <clears throat> astoundingly good yeah and like this is one of those too and i i think i should say yeah we keep referring to this work print version that yeah so far no official director's cut but the work print itself is on the german special edition blu-ray set and the version that we keep talking about that's floating around the internet in various forms some kind nerd with plenty of time on their hands that i wish was me but i'm not that cool took the blu-ray and the work print and the shooting script 
and basically recombed together what might be the director's cut of the film. Yeah. And like F- funny yeah. su- self plug for our, our website, by yeah. the way, that if you search Hellraiser for work print, we are the number one hit. Oh, my article uh, that I wrote about. Yes. Oh yeah, I, I wrote an your, article. Your, about this your article <laughs> is the number one hit for the subject. That makes me really happy. I, do we have time to hit five? Yeah, I was going to say let's, yes. let's do let's do Inferno, and then we probably got to call it a night. Yeah, well, I think we should. Let's. I think. I I think it's worth pointing out here before we hit Inferno, just what a sort of like line of demarcation this is in the series. Okay, like the first four came out in theaters, produced mm-hmm. by Clive Barker. Yeah, all original scripts in his mythos. Five is the one where they drop the Clyde Barker name because he was sort of just like, well, fuck this after what a troubled production <laughs> four had. Yeah. And this is the point where all the rest of the sequels, except for the last couple, are just random kind of Barker inspired. This is the last scripts. one that I would say is good. I would agree. After but, this, yeah. they're still enjoyable. They're still watchable. They're still kind of cool. Yeah. Inferno, Inferno is a straight up tragedy film. It know? is. Oh, yeah. It is a fucking tragedy. Um. Now, I, so I now forgot we're to, in not, 2000. this 2000. I forgot to mention that we do see what they call the engineer in the first in, in Hellraiser in the hallway when 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 Kirsty opens up the door opens up the portal in in the ho- in the hospital. Mm-hmm. Oh, she's, that that thing chasing her down the hallway. Oh yeah, the big yeah. that was the engineer. Now. Hunt for the engineer, and the engineer will hunt for you. That is the tagline, basically. You'll hear that over and over again in Inferno. Mm-hmm. I became obsessed with this character for a short time. Um, the engineer has a different form in in Inferno, um, but it's the the story circles around the engineer. Yeah. Right. Um, we have the detective. I'm going to forget every damn name here. Craig <laughs> Sheffer. Thank you very much. Um, From Clive Barker's Nightbreed. Yep. Yeah, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, who's a, who's a certified genius? He's a really, really sharp guy, and it's exhibited through all the little things he can do. He's a very smart guy. He's beaten the chess master yeah, while playing yeah. basketball. He's got a lot of talents. Um, like the actual Craig Sheffer, no, or the no, character, the character, the, the character. <laughs> okay, I don't, I don't know enough about Craig Sheffer to, yeah. to make that judgment call. But he was no, really good. And never runs through it. Um, he was pretty all right in Nightbreed. No, I love this that, movie. Right? <laughs> this movie has, to me, some you know, even though it is off the beaten path, it has some of the most disturbing. Let's call it foley. Just sounds. Mm-hmm. There oh. are some certain sounds you hear oh, through the, doors. The the well, the hooker, uh, the prostitute, when she's calling him, like help me, help me, and you all you hear is just. Yeah. You, like what fucking monstrosity of a tool is being used on her right now <laughs> to rip Ooh. her body apart? Yeah. You and you hear those that same type of sound with his parents. Yep. Uh, towards the middle of the film, um, the engineer floats through the movie. He's chasing the engineer from scene to scene, uh, based on. They're finding, you know, there's a missing child. You know, the, the whole story, it tries to tie together. Um, I don't think it does it perfectly. No. Um, but it does end, you know, the final act, which why I say it's a total tragedy. 
Um, some you know some very cool Cenobites in this. The, the Wire Twins. Yeah, yeah, I like them. Really disturbing looking uh, Cenobites. Um, but the engineer was this character that. You know, like he ends up like some the, the randomness of the film is what got me too. Like they he ends up at that bar and it's like all these cowboys playing poker. Mm-hmm. But they're all dressed as you know, and Oh yeah. And that, that one dude walks out and he's like, Are you the engineer? And he's like, You flatter me, sir. <laughs> you know, and I'm like and then you see the engineer stand up and that's the shit that fucks with you, dude. Because you see the engineer, because you have to this you, you, he's that, that eyeless that just the mouth and mm-hmm. nothing else. He stands up and you see him get up from one of the poker tables and he sees him and he don't, he just kind of floats. Yep. If you watch close in that scene, he just kind of no floats. There's no shoulder movement. There's no, nothing. No he just visible. kind of floats out the yep. door, you know? Uh, and this guy obviously comes, becomes unraveled by the end of the film. He's completely lost his mind. Yeah. Um, but has he? Well, <sighs> That reveal at the end. The reveal at the end, um, you know, well, that's where the thing that, where the, like I said, this gets off the beaten path because um, it don't make a whole lot of sense. Like, why is this guy being targeted so hard? Because now, he, he obviously, he opened the box up. We know that. In the beginning. But there now, all of a sudden, there's a lesson to learn. Like, the Cenobites are teaching you lessons The now. later w- they movies weren't. start doing yes, they that were. a lot, too. No, they, they, yeah, weren't. they weren't. They, if you it, pay attention... Oh, hold on. Well, hold I'm just here. saying it's just like the later sequels are more like a story. It's almost like um, Twilight Zone or Outer Limits where they're like these weird, bizarre tales. And at the end, like Pinhead and the Cinebites go, Waha, it was this all along. And now we're tugging you well, down. Yeah, but yeah. That's kind of how all the sequels after this yeah, go. Yeah, yeah. And they do. Well, and that's, that's consistent This one, this one what yeah. I thought was interesting is, was I just rewatched it literally three hours ago. Wow. Yeah. Um, I, ha- I had a little mini marathon today. Um, and I caught something new watching this one. And it's him becoming a Cenobite. Oh. Is the story, the entire story. It's them breaking his spirit ah. and turning him okay. into a heartless monster. And that's why at the end when he rips open the engineer's head... It's him inside. Yeah. And the kid is down to two fingers. Yeah. Pinhead's talking about how we're killing your soul. And then his flesh walks off and his spirit with the kid is left behind to wander in hell. In his own private hell. Yeah, it's trippy. So it's literally the creation of a Cenobite. That you're watching the insanity through this entire movie, every horrible thing that happens to him, every bit of pain is all taking away from his humanity and turning him into a monster that loves pain. That interpretation yeah. kind of makes me like that movie more. Well, no, I I think there I is like a lot that. of deeper stuff, and I think there are lessons to be learned from that too. Yeah, I like I said, I, I never that. caught that before. Never. Today I'm watching it. I'm like, oh. My it's God. a different type of story. It's more of a drama. Yeah, it it's is. Like, it's it like is. A it's a detective. very much a drama. It's Noir. almost a procedural 
cop movie yeah. with the, with the film yeah, noir. Drama. Well, it's yeah. very David Fincher inspired in the yeah. look of it too, and the whole yeah. like vibe of it. It's almost like they're taking unrelated scripts and trying to make them into Hellraiser movies. Yep. <gasps> ah. And that's that's my frustration with Five more than anything else. It's almost that, like, like there's not enhancing the mythos in any way and just like yeah. sprinkling Hellraiser crap to get you to watch well, you, a movie yeah. you, you normally wouldn't. We don't wouldn't. see this. Unfortunately, we're not going to be able to get to the rest of them, but we the don't. The fifth one is the beginning of the end, but I still think the fifth one still fits in the Hellraiser yeah. Well, stuff more than the uh, other ones. The sixth one is the first one that's just like an unbearable piece of shit. Well, yeah. <laughs> Yet I still watch I, it. I, God, the sixth one made me But to cap, angry. yeah, to cap this, though, yeah, that, that that's 100% correct, Michelle. Yeah. Um, we don't get any type of expansion on this universe. No. We just get different stories of people and situations, and this fucking box shows up somehow. Yeah. And they open it, and all hell breaks loose, right. and everything Literally. shuts. I only own the first five because I think those are the only ones worth watching. I got them all. I enjoy. I enjoy them all. Yeah, I, I'll yeah. stand by that. I think they're all great flicks. The first eight. Yeah, well, I was gonna say I only own the first eight. I I, I skipped yeah. through Revelations and laughed my ass off and said I am not wasting any more than fifteen minutes on this. Well, oh and, my god, that was the CGI were, horrible yeah. pinhead. That's the one where they literally made it just to not lose a license, right? Well, and they played it in one theater only. All yeah. of yeah. All of these sequels after four, they made to not lose the license. That yeah, is why shows. all of them exist, and that's why they're just random spec scripts. Debtor, with, uh, um, uh, Debtor yeah. was filmed at the same time as the Prophecy Forsaken, which is another uh, franchise where the first three were godlike, yeah. godlike, uh, and then you have uh, Forsaken, and what was the other one? There was they did two more. There's five of them, yeah. and I think it was Forsaken that was filmed at the exact same time in the exact same location as Deader. <laughs> and if you watch Forsaken and you watch Hell, you watch The Prophecy Forsaken and you watch Hellraiser Deader, it's the same cast. Oh, no wow. bullshit. That's watch it. Really interesting. Watch yeah. it. So it's kind of like uh, uh, Terminator Two and uh, Near Dark. Is that true? It's oh, the shit. same cast. Oh shit! Or not Terminator Two, uh, Termin- Aliens Two, Aliens, Aliens oh, in yeah. Near Dark. Oh yeah, somebody pointed that out when I was uh, watching Near Dark. Yeah, that is it is all the same people. Yeah, look that Chris. Very look, true. Ghost of Chris. Look up the Prophecy series. I want to make <laughs> it's sure it's really interesting. Right. The um, before we <laughs> before we call it a night. Yeah, directed Near Dark. Right? Or, no, uh, she no, produced it. Catherine Bigelow. Catherine Bigelow. Yeah, was working with James on the set. Of aliens, yeah, and was like, I have a script. Do you guys want to see it? And handed out the script to all the people in Aliens, and everybody's like, Oh my god, I want to be in this. Can we? Can we do this? And she's like, cool, We can now. That's great. <laughs> so they finished the production on Aliens in five minutes. Well, yeah, is I mean, that what that hand gesture is? I see five dongs. He actually floating wanted in the air. us to give him a high five, but nobody. Oh. Gave no him one's one. gonna give Chris a high five. Chris, <laughs> sorry, Chris. Chris, you didn't get one. <laughs> but yeah, so I don't know. What but... year? What year was? Um... Oh, dude, they were both the same year. What? Oh Debtor? shit! Because there was the Prophecy Uprising, and that was in two thousand five. Debtor was in two thousand and five too. Yeah. Okay, so uh, I think it may have been Uprising. Also, that name is stupid. Uprising. It is. Well, Tatter. yeah, that's Matt, Matt Giles, who writes for the site, loves to make jokes about it. Like, if you thought people were dead in the last Hellraiser, now, <laughs> now they're, they're deader. deader. I'm pretty sure it was Uprising. Uh, I, I'm going to correct myself. There was the Prophecy Uprising, which was in 2005. I went with Deader. I um, gave up with the fourth one. 
Yeah, yeah for see, it was Uprising. Uprising okay. was the one. Same cast between those two films. That's and they hysterical. were filming them at the same exact time. Same time. Uh, Hellworld was fun. It was dumb as shit. Yeah. Well, they tried. They tried modernizing things. They tried modernizing things. Hellworld was like trash trapeze level, though. What's that? Yeah, yeah. You would actually be able to do it as one of your trash trapeze movies. And it's got Henry Cavill. Yeah, it's like redone. Henry Cavill. And and Lance Henriksen, who makes everything more fun. And it's cool. It's kind of meta because it's like you know Hellraiser is like an actual thing that exists in the world, and like there's a game based on it, and all that's cool shit. Yeah. It's like this really goofy computer. I have like this soft spot for like older computer-based movies because computer technology movies so quickly it fucking yeah. dates like the next month. Yeah. So oh, like, yeah. this is hilarious. Oh, yeah. Well, that that's like watching 5, um, Hellraiser 5. Yeah. I'm watching it and I'm like, it's really embarrassing how bad some of the, the digital effects they put in oh, it were. Oh, yeah. It's but at the same time, I remember when it came out thinking, that looks pretty good. Well, yeah. when, when, the, when, this, when, when the shrink morphs into Pinhead, Yes, Ooh. that 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 special effect looked really bad. Yeah. It did. It did. It was CGI really just weird. Does not age well. Yeah, and especially does. until they cut away and cut back, and he has that kind of weird, ghostly yeah. like. Yeah. It makes me wonder yeah. how like bobblehead thing going on. Slightly off topic. It makes me wonder how movies that we think look good now are going to th- look in thirty years. Terrible. Yeah. Unless we can start getting to a point where everything looks photo real, then yeah. it won't matter. But you know you can look back on them though and still enjoy them yeah. like we do. Yeah. I mean that's oh, why yeah. I think we've oh, yeah. done we've done with Hellraiser here. Uh, unfortunately, we didn't get in depth with the last three. Well, I wouldn't say anyway. that's unfortunate. Yeah, and yeah, I think there's sort of two schools of thought with these series. You can like include all the sequels and just let them be what they are, or you can kind of look at it as just like a nice concise quadrilogy that Clive Barker kind of worked on and yeah. just mm-hmm. leave it at that. Yeah. Yeah. And that's like when people are like, well, how many of the sequels should I watch? Like, well, Four. five. If you want to watch just the really great ones, the first two. If you want to watch the Clyde Barker series, the first four, then after that, just try and fucking you luck. Know, proceed at your own. <laughs> 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 Watching the sequels is like opening the lament box. Like you're just like sub- submitting yourself oh to tortures. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hell ra- Hellraiser six proves is the one where I just started saying. You open the box Jesus and then pinhead. Pinhead's coming said a lot more of us are masochists than we'd like to like to admit. All yep. right, Ghost of Chris is waving us off right, right now as we speak. We have to call it a night. Okay. We've already the went green way too floating long. dong has told us it's time to be done. Done. It's floating. We're oh my all, God! Here it comes. Oh my God! Ah! And we're all now deader. Visit us at www.themoviesleuth.com and find the Movie Sleuth on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and iTunes. 